This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hit! Browns are going to win! Mayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. Hi, everybody. This is George Thomas from the Akron Beacon Journal. I'm with Marla Reidenauer from the Beacon Journal, Nate Ulrich from the Beacon Journal, and Steve Dorschick from the Canton Repository. And we're going to, you know, it's it's kind of fitting we're going to talk about this game on Halloween because for Browns fans, I'm sure it feels like a funeral right now. Um, the Browns lose 15-10, to 10 and they not only lose, but they do it to their rival, the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was nothing, absolutely nothing pretty about this game in my estimation. I'm sure, I'm sure Steve will disagree, so. <laughs> <laughs> but big picture starting off, what is up with this team's offense at this point? Is it is it the injuries? Do they meet? Did they miss Kareem Hunt that much today? What was it? Because they seem to have no offensive flow all afternoon. It's got to start with uh, the quarterback, uh, doesn't it, uh, Marlon, Nate, and George? I think it does. And I think for Pittsburgh, uh, when it was going about the business of, uh, of winning the game, it started with the quarterback and Roethlisberger's uh, timing in tandem with, with the uh, the people who were uh, calling the plays. Of course, a lot of the time that's uh, Ben himself calling the plays or changing the plays. It's got to start there. And uh, it did get started to an extent with Mayfield. And then he was just like sabotaged by drop passes, by penalties. The late one uh, against uh, Hollywood Higgins, which was just uh, like a complete brain fart of a, uh, a false start uh, comes to mind. But um, um, but it's, it's funny, you know, my, my takeaway, and I'll, I'll get out of this, uh, this particular question about what's wrong with the offense. It's, it's just in, amazing and incredible, isn't it, uh, how different it is, uh, how a game feels. This one feels like such a sharp stick in the eye and a kick in the teeth uh, because it was a loss. But it was really very, very close to being a, a, a victory, and we'd be uh, taking a completely different uh, tack right now. And, and it came down to um, uh, Mayfield's pass, I, th- I think, on the uh, the uh, late hit uh, penalty that kept the drive alive. But if, uh, if that pass to Odell Beckham inside the 10 is a completion and the Browns go in, our theme is uh, uh, different, completely different, just based on one very – short uh, live dust sequence there. But I want to ask you guys if you thought um, uh, Beckham had a chance to catch that pass, which to me was the uh, the big play in the game. I, I don't know. There is things loom more bigger to me than I don't know. Than the, I mean, I, I'm just going back to the pass to Hooper on the first drive. I think things would have been different. But I mean, I don't know. I, can't, I didn't, like I said, I don't know that I considered that the play of the game, maybe it was. Um, I just think 
I mean, I don't think Baker's throws were exactly great, but his everyone he depended on since he got here let him down. Jarvis, Higgins, you know, I mean, it's just kind of mind-boggling that all your rel- Mr. Reliable guys just all failed spectacularly on the same day. I'm just it's it's stunning because you the, even the, the people that you think are going to be consistent really really screwed this one up in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, how about the fact that, you know, to your point, Marley, you have Jarvis Landry obviously lose the fumble on the penultimate possession and then, you know, a drop pass on the final uh, drive and then one he should have caught uh, jumping would have been a nice catch. Got his hands on it, though. You're a five-time Pro Bowl receiver. You need to make that. And he said he thought he should have caught both those balls after the game. Those are obvious, obviously. But what about Nick Chubb? Um, and the running game, the number one rushing attack in the NFL. I just didn't think that they, uh, you know, asserted their will. I I mean, 170.4 yards per game coming in, and the Browns had 96 yards on 23 carries. Uh, Chubb, 61 carries on – I'm sorry, 61 yards on 16 carries. It just wasn't that – you know, great rushing day that I thought that the Browns needed, especially with circling back to Steve Baker Mayfield in his first game back playing through that injured left shoulder. It's all torn up. He's got a new harness on it. You know, I just, you know, I don't put this one on Baker Mayfield. I, I, there were about six drop passes. Um, the running game wasn't what it usually is. Um, you know, was he was he great? Did he lift the Browns? Did he put them on? on his shoulders and, and complete that ball to Beckham for, for one example, Steve, no, he didn't, but boy, the supporting cast I thought did li- really let him down. And, and Marla said it, it's just like one after another, you know, big name, you know, that you can rely on didn't come through. You know, I, the best way I can describe it is this way. There was a definitive lack of energy offensively today. That's, that's just the, the way it looked to me. They had no energy. There didn't seem to be a sense of urgency, nothing. It's like you'd think this was Ohio State versus Northwestern, not an NFL rivalry game. You know what I mean? At least on one side. I mean, I, I, I got that feeling from the Steelers. I didn't, I didn't get it from the Browns' offense in this case. George, you might be onto something there, and that's so hard to uh, – uh, uh, Quantify, let, let, let's say, uh, was was the team really fired up and playing with fire or not? But almost uh, uh, to your, it was almost as if Baker Mayfield was agreeing with your point late in the game when he ran for a first down and uh, kind of uh, pulled himself together and acted really, really fired up. Now the next 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 play uh, went south. The next next play, uh, I, I think. Uh, uh, turned to disaster. I, I forget the very next play, but Baker ran for a first down. Seemed to sense that what you're talking about was uh, was in place, and that is there was a little bit of a lack of uh, lack of uh, the necessary energy for a game like this. He was trying to generate that by uh, running uh, with all of his physical problems and uh, and uh, and you know getting clocked right at the sideline and then bouncing up and pumping his fists. So yeah, I, I think maybe he sensed that George that uh, uh, what was supposed to be there wasn't to to uh, follow up on that steve yeah 
Mayfield did run for that first down um, on third and four from the Pittsburgh 39, five yards. And then the next play was a Chubb run for two. And then the play after that was, was that, the fumble? Off the rails. that was the fumble. Joe Schobert uh, credited with the force, uh, former Browns linebacker that, you know, uh, general manager Andrew Berry let walk in free agency, gets a, gets one over on his old team. Um, that was that moment. And, and you know, I, I agree with you, George. To me, Jarvis Landry is usually that spark. And when he's yeah. dropping passes and, and losing fumbles, that takes the air out in, in, in crunch time too. But that was late in the game. I, you know, so earlier, yeah, there wasn't that sizzle. There wasn't and, – and I think a lot of it had to do with just, you know, they, the, everybody talks about – the players talk about, the coaches talk about, and the AFC North, the physical nature of the game, especially in the lines of scrimmage – uh, you know, in the trenches, it, I think it gets turned up. And uh, for the Browns not to rush the way they normally do, I, I just can't get past that. Nate, I think that's – I think that physicality and the, the Browns running game didn't set the tone. Like, you know, with that physicality and the running game not, cl you know, clicking well, I, I think that's where the – energy waned you know usually they when they're knocking people off the ball and Chubb's running for eight or nine yards of carry that's when things you know pick up the pace and I, I just I kind of I, I kind of think that's where the maybe they were they lost it well, of course we, we have to remember that one of the best uh, run blockers slash uh, you know, pass protectors in the league uh, Conklin was out uh, out for a lot of the game and that was a big factor. And I think the Browns' lack of continuity on the uh, uh, on the offensive line because of injuries has been a big factor all season. But it also comes to mind that where we're talking about energy and what you have to summon up, no matter what your circumstances are, you look at Pittsburgh's offensive line. To me, the personnel is almost terrible. If you go man by man by man by man, they don't have a really good player in any of the five spots. And they have some uh, a couple of uh, guys you consider to be real weak links, but somehow uh, with the play calling or Roethlisberger's experience or whatever it is, they managed to, uh, to be in sync and, uh, and look like they were fully engaged from, uh, you know, throughout the second half, at least. Now, uh, looking at quotes from after the game, I, I do know that Ben Roethlisberger gave credit to his rookie left tackle for the job he did on Miles Garrett. I think Miles had a, had a nice game overall, but, they were playing as a team. It's 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 almost as if it's a badge of honor for them to beat the Browns. This is a moral imperative. Now I don't know what it's like for them with the Ravens or any other AFC North team, but it 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 they spent the week throwing shade. At least Roethlisberger did, and I think this meant a lot more than they they let up. I think Maybe. I think it did for Big Ben for sure. Um, you know, I you guys you guys can can uh, elaborate on it, but I, he's always gotten up for the Browns <laughs> since since the time they did not draft him. That's all I was going to say, Nate. I completely agree with you. This is uh, the biggest game of the season for him. Uh, uh, both times, uh, Roethlisberger faces the the Browns. Uh, Every year, it's uh, always the biggest game for him. You know, I, I, uh, 
I'm a Miami guy uh, for what that's worth, but you know, I, I follow Roethlisberger uh, maybe more closely than uh, the average bear would just because I'm one of the uh, few people left who still follows uh, Miami football. I did uh, closely when he was there. <laughs> and, and I know some of his, uh, his friends, and I know how important this game is to him. And I know what a big snub he thought it was, uh, Nate, to your point, uh, when uh, all the way back in 2004 when the Browns uh, passed on him and took uh, Kellen Winslow Jr., Man, that is an awfully old chip. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, that's something you carry with your whole career, in my opinion. I mean, Baker's going to call himself a walk-on, you know, forever. I mean, I think Ben is going to carry that snub right to the Hall of Fame. Well, for, for whatever it's worth, Miles is carrying that the rest of the season, but I think he better concentrate on helping to get his team right at first because he had a uh, – a comment related to that at the end of the in, in his press availability where he said, you know, we didn't protect our house, but they still have to protect theirs. So it's like, okay, it's on. Let's just hope it means something. Um, can anybody figure out what the heck happened to Jarvis today? I mean, is, is the knee bothering him? Do we know? Can we figure that out? Can we, well, we know that? he, we know he's not just, hundred percent. I mean, I, I talked to him, uh, when was it? One of these nights, Thursday night, I think on the phone and for a feature. And he was saying he doesn't know when it'll be hundred percent again. It's not just the MCL. He has another injury stemming from the MCL to that same knee. Um, and so we know he's not hundred percent, but you know, I, I don't think that the knee was an issue on those plays. Um, you know, is there a chance maybe he would have jumped just a little bit higher on that one, that last pass on the fourth and 12 and be able to catch it? I guess that hadn't occurred to me, though. To me, it just seemed like, you know, there was a blatant drop. Joe Schobert made a good play. Um, and then on that last one, it was a it was a pass to Jarvis Landry, given who Jarvis Landry is. And in that moment, he should have made it. He should have made that play. It was it was not the easiest catch in the world, but he should have made it. One other big picture question. With all the hype, and we've, we've seen the hype before, is this, if this train comes off the rail, is it worse than that Freddie Kitchens year or no? I have an opinion on that. I, th I thought when uh, when uh, the Browns beat the, uh, the Steelers right here in the stadium and in a really robust performance in uh, in Freddie's uh, Freddie's only year, I thought right up to that moment when uh, Miles conked uh, Mason Rudolph over the over the head, and you knew that. Uh, you know, uh, history to some extent was going to change forever. I thought the moment at the end of that game, the Browns were really playing great in that game. And even though it was Mason Rudolph, again, it was the Steelers and it was a win at home. And everybody in this stadium, I think uh, it was it was dark when the game ended. I forget what time the game started. But, yeah. Uh, but that year, it was uh, ready to take off. And uh, I know Freddie has drawn a ton of criticism for the way he comported things and Lack discipline, uh, yada, 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 yada. But I thought if uh, if that wouldn't happen, it, this actually is kind of my theory. I don't know if it's my opinion. 
to me, it's a solid theory that Freddie would still be here if uh, the Garrett Rudolph incident would not have happened. So, yeah, I, I do think of uh, Freddie and uh, and what uh, Kevin's disappointing start to his second year is, is evolving into. It's there's a little bit of uh, Freddie's disappointing year, uh, you know, intertwined with that. I would say it would be more catastrophic because I think they have more talent and you, and you have a better coach an organized coach who, you know, has a handle on, you know, things. I, I think it would be like, if this goes totally off the rails, I would, I mean, I'm not just blaming the injuries. I, I think it would be, it would be huge and probably, I don't know. I know there were great expectations in that season too, but I almost feel like this is after they go to the playoffs last year and win a game, you really thought they this team was legit. I, I think that set them up in a different stratosphere this year. So I would think it would be a greater fall in my opinion. Yeah, I think so. Because that was an echo. Um, they were coming off seven, eight, and one, right? Yeah, so seven, eight, and one, they weren't a playoff team. And the expectations were high in 2019, and then they went six and ten. This year, they're coming off like Marla just explained: eleven and five, a win in the playoffs. Uh, you know, a, a tight loss to the um, eventual AFC champion Chiefs in the divisional round. Yeah, to me, the, the expectations were so much more legitimate this year um, that it would be a huge disappointment, a, a greater disappointment. But I, I, here's the thing I'll say, though, also, I don't know about it going off the rails. I, I don't have a lot of concern that it's going to go off the rails. I guess it would depend on what your definition of go off the rails is. Um, <laughs> but I don't see, uh, you know, obviously it's not going to be 6 and 10 because there's 17 games now. But, yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's just going to be a complete train wreck like, you know, we've seen sometimes in the past, like we saw in 2019. I guess that's just because of my faith in Kevin Stefanski, um, you know, and, and just that they have a competent coaching staff. It, yeah. It's going to prevent, you know, some real, you know, embarrassing meltdown. Uh, but certainly things are not, you know, the way they want them now and they're not meeting ex expectations as a franchise. Hey, Nate, I'm going to disagree with you on some of that. George, I'm supposed to be disagreeing with you as a uh, <laughs> plan, right? But I, I uh, have a higher opinion of where Freddie might have gone than uh, than you do, and that's fine. I think I'm uh, in a minority that, that thinks that Freddie actually would have had a chance if uh, – and I, I go back to that uh, uh, helmet uh, conk game uh, that the, the Browns won, but it turned into a disaster instead of a really uplifting experience. And, uh, and one thing that comes to mind, and this is an aside we don't have to explore because Freddie's long gone, but uh, I was watching the, the Georgia game yesterday, as maybe uh, you folks did too, but uh, <laughs> I couldn't, uh, couldn't help but uh, remember Todd Munkin's uh, pain <laughs> expressions every, every time he would come out for a weekly press conference. But Todd Munkin, who's the uh, offensive coordinator of the number one team in the country right now, was uh, Freddie's offensive coordinator so i don't know that his staff was terrible oh i'm not saying his staff was terrible i'm saying it wasn't organized uh they didn't work well together yeah and freddie were never on the same page it was completely dysfunctional 
Um, and it was a m- immature, undisciplined mess. And I don't feel that now. They're not mean expectations. Um, the execution isn't always there on the field. You know, Kevin Stefanski hasn't been a brilliant play caller at all times. Uh, we know he wants that drawback from a few weeks ago. Um, you know, but I just don't think that it's a, it's really comparable in terms of, you know, disaster. And I don't see it. I don't see it becoming that, you know, I, I'm prepared to be wrong. Um, but, you know, I, I've seen Kevin Stefanski keep the team focused, keep the team together, um, you know, and so right now I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he can continue to do that. They need to put it all together quickly. Next week, they have the Cincinnati Bengals, who the, 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 the nice position the Browns are in right now is no one's running away with the North yet. The Bengals took it on the chin today. So, you know, they're quote unquote in last place. However, it's still anybody's division. Um, so they need to get it together next week. And hopefully, and I don't, I know we didn't address this, but Marla mentioned it. And the, the more you think about it, it's, it's possible. Um, Nick Chug looked a, a little bit rusty. Maybe that changes next week. I guess we're going to find out. That being said, we're going to sign off from First Energy Stadium. And we will be back next week. Have a good night.